This is Paul Nobles from eatperform.com and I am unfortunately alone today um, on our training discussion and we have a small class so I, I'm not sure that this is going to be the longest podcast that you'll ever listen to but I wanted to talk a little bit about upping your intensity as it relates to training volume and specifically I'll, I'll probably talk about what well I'm definitely going to be talking about my personal experiences going into um, training for the Granite Games this year, but um, I thought I'd start it off with kind of a funny story. Um, if you're not familiar with, you know, Eat to Perform and you weren't around three and a half years ago, one of the first people that we started working with was Elizabeth Akinwale, and Elizabeth was kind of, you know, <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot that we had to add to the Elizabeth equation. The year before, she came in six at the, the CrossFit Games, and a lot of people remember that was sort of what made her a star, um, and she got a lot of television time from that. And so, uh, you know, anything that we were doing was really just kind of already polishing what was already a very good gym but uh, one of the times I went and visited with my family to Chicago uh, and we worked out at Elizabeth's gym and it was it was the first time I'd ever seen Elizabeth work out in a private setting and it was it was phenomenal. Um, it was actually the first time that I'd ever seen a CrossFit Games athlete work out on their own and if you've never been to the CrossFit Games or if you've never uh, you know, experienced being around that level of an athlete, it's easy to it's easy to think that what you do is similar to what they do, but it's fairly obvious fairly quickly that it's not. And um, that was definitely my experience with Elizabeth. So it was, it was sort of funny because we we would be talking online. And she's like, "Man, I got this cough and I just can't get rid of it." I was like, "Yeah, you know, the uh, I don't know what to say about that." So. I go to her gym and you know she leaves and I end up doing the wad afterwards and it's just like one of the biggest classes I've ever seen for a CrossFit gym um, at that time I think she was working out at CrossFit Construct and uh, it was a great great atmosphere kind of a warehouse type thing but I talked to Elizabeth right afterwards and I said, I know your problem and I know why you are struggling with your cough. And she's like, why is that? I said, well, you have a bunch of people that think that they're LeBron James in your gym and they're kind of doing the chalk thing and throwing it up in the air or something because, man, your whole gym, because at the time it was, I think it was like January. And if you've never been in the Midwest, you know, we're not opening up a whole lot of windows. We're not opening up a whole lot of um, uh, uh, warehouse doors. And so the chalk actually starts to build in the air. And that was really a contributing factor. And I was like, you've got to tell your coaches to open up some doors, you know, because your lungs are probably filled up with chalk. And I said, you also need to tell people to quit pretending like they're LeBron James or Michael Jordan and throwing chalk all over the gym. And she said, well, unfortunately, I'm the LeBron James in my gym. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, so I, I don't know actually how that worked out. But uh, we, we had a similar problem at our gym. 
And uh, my coach said, you know, you're you're not LeBron James. Um, keep your your chalk consumption within the bucket of where that chalk lives. So that was actually pretty helpful for for our gym. I have to say, you know, one thing that I like if you ever get the chalk from Rogue um, is just breaking it off and then using it as you know, just kind of rubbing if you. If you're listening to the podcast, you're probably like, I don't know what he's talking about, but I'm, I'm kind of visually showing how you would kind of just rub the chalk onto your hands. Now, if you guys have any questions, feel free to kind of get those out there. But what I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, basically the, the CrossFit Open is ending um, for myself, you know, really wasn't something that I was kind of building up towards been relatively uneventful but kind of fun to see all of the the eat performers doing well i think we had something like you know we had a personalized leaderboard with like 500 people on it so that was kind of interesting <coughs> um it's also interesting to see you know our crossfit games folks and just how ridiculous most of those guys are and so uh, when, you know, right now, if you're not familiar, I'm kind of doing a performance focused fat loss cycle going into the summer. It's going really well. Um, I'm down six pounds in a, a little over three and a half weeks. And so my goal is to get somewhere in the neighborhood of about 10 pounds which will allow me a little bit of a, a bounce back up to 180. I'm 181 right now. I'm actually 184 this morning because if you're not familiar with, you know, the way Eat Form teaches it, you know, we teach people to sort of upregulate occasionally, you know, seven to ten days, depends on the individual. So their system kind of reestablishes itself. And so this morning I woke up 184. I've been kind of, you know, letting people know on the, the Saturday podcast, the training podcast we do is always on Saturdays. And so I want people to know, but like most of my bounce backs, you know, they're sort of seeing, you know, I, I think a couple of weeks ago, my after my first week, I was 186 and now I'm 184. And so you're sort of seeing this pattern where it's just gradually coming down and um, as I start to reverse out of this, you know, that's really the secret of what we teach compared to what most people teach. Most people teach the, you know, the starvation part of eating, you know, um, of fat loss. And most people, we think, struggle with the reacclimation part. And so that's why we put such a heavy emphasis on that. You know, I think that, you know, losing fat and restricting food is relatively easy equation to solve but reacclimating is kind of the hard part and especially if you've got kind of this you know history of dieting so i'm almost four weeks in we'll have four weeks and then i'll start reversing out so that brings me to the topic of the day of what i will do i have been a little sick and so the volume that I have, you know, normally within the first four weeks, I try to tell people to make sure that they're keeping in as much volume as possible. 
And when I say volume, I specifically want them doing a little bit more muscle building, hypertrophy work, reps, reps and sets, that kind of thing, just because it's going to be muscle sparing as you go down. It's very easy as an example. If you've ever tried to lose weight or done low carb without exercise, you can lose a lot of weight, but basically all you're doing is pulling the water out of your muscles. So what we sort of teach people is kind of keep an adequate amount of carbohydrates in. And I don't know if you guys have listened to Mike's uh, podcast with um, Eric Trexler, I believe was his name, where they talked about metabolic flexibility. It was sort of interesting as they were talking about low carb and the definition that he had at that time or, or for the study was basically 200 grams of carbs. And so you know, I would actually consider that almost a moderate amount of carbs, especially for something like a rest day. Um, most of the people in the study weren't like huge exercisers, certainly not to the level that a lot of our members are. And so when you look at 200 grams of, most people don't look at 200 grams as, as being low. They would certainly view it as, as kind of the low end of moderate. And then, you know, depending on the athlete, you know, 300, 400 grams of carbohydrates actually is still kind of moderate. So it just depends on what you're doing and how you're doing it. So these next four weeks, I will keep up my level of volume as I'm starting to feel a little bit better. You can still hear it in my voice a little bit. Um, hopefully I won't be having too much coughing. Unfortunately, that's been a little bit of a thing for the last you know, probably a week and a half on the podcast. So as I try to keep volume in, I'll probably do a, do a lot of body weight stuff, really get the, the daily challenges um, or semi-daily challenges going in the training group. If you're not familiar with Eat to Form, we have a training group. It's open to the public. You're welcome to join, kind of see what Eat to Form is all about. And I think you just search Eat to Perform Training and you can request to come in. And as long as you're nice, you know, you're welcome to stay and ask questions. It's a great way to kind of introduce yourself to the community and also kind of see what we're all about. So that's kind of a fun thing. So for the next four weeks, I'm going to do some level of low intensity work probably going to end up doing some rucks um, over the next week. Definitely going to ruck today, probably four miles with my wife. It's actually a nice day here in Minnesota. Nice here in Minnesota is not nice everywhere, but it's about 45 degrees. So it'll be a nice day to kind of get out and about. Um, for the next four weeks, I'm going to stick with my deadlift training, but that's about it. My CrossFit will be relatively low, probably one to two weeks, probably leaning toward or one once or twice a week, probably leaning more towards once a week, and really focusing more on kind of slow with rest during open gym. That's a lot of what I do. And those will be based off of a lot of the workouts that I put in the training group. So we do have a question before I kind of get into how I'm going to shift things once I reverse. 
let's see what that says. So Will's asking, does that mean creatine could be helpful during a low calorie phase? Absolutely, creatine would be helpful in a low calorie phase. What happens for people is they want to take out all the things, and I'm sorry if you hear a buzzing in my pocket. I did not put my plane, uh, my phone in airplane mode, and so I'm waiting for that phone call. Actually, I'm just going to do that right now. Sorry for sorry for the interruption. So when you are eating less. I definitely keep creatine in the mix all the time because I want to have some level of muscle hydration. If you're not familiar with creatine, Brad actually did a great video on it. You're trying to saturate your muscle with creatine as much as possible so you have enough energy for work. So not only will it be helpful as it relates to the amount of energy that you can expend in a workout, it also hydrates muscle by bringing waters into the cell so your muscle is more useful and you have more energy. So I do keep creatine in. Does it keep my weight artificially up? Right, you know, four weeks in, you don't notice it. Certainly, you know, if normally you would expect three to five pounds, you're probably going to be more in the three range rather than the five range by keeping some level of muscle hydration related to creatine, which is fine. You know, that's just, you know, that's just the way that, you know, you'll just kind of do it. I think as we talk about kind of this reduction and, and one of the things that we have really been able to impress upon people and, and both Sarah Sarah Kumar is on my team for group coaching. If you're not familiar with Eat Perform, we have kind of the basic membership, which is, you know, you get some level of attention from roughly 60 coaches. And then uh, after that, then, you know, there's kind of the more intense types of doing things. For instance, all the people on this call they are not only just member uh, basic memberships, but they are in the quick start. And the quick start is really, we're able to give you a little bit more support as it relates to um, reversing out, but also some of the deficit cycles. And then lastly, we have group coaching. And so Sarah, who is on my team, we have two people on my team, Sarah Kumar and Kim Christensen. And Sarah and I are both performance fo focusing, performance focused fat lossing right now, and it's been it's been really, I think, helpful for both us and clients to sort of remember the things that you have to do to get to this point. And I think the biggest mistake that people make is they want to have like a specific thing, you know, as it relates to calories or whatever, and then they want to go down. What you should be hearing from me is that muscle hydration and volume matter a great deal. And the reason why they matter is because it allows you 
to keep the muscle that you have on your frame and in a performance focused fat loss cycle it can end up being mostly fat loss so one of the reasons why I'm focusing every single Saturday on how when I go and eat a little bit more flexibly on Fridays what my weight goes up to I'm really trying to show you guys what it looks like and what's funny about it is is that it was 186 it was 185.4 and now today it was 184 and so you're seeing this gradual down and normally when I have pizza uh, I have a Mexican coke Yesterday, did not have a Mexican Coke, which was not great for picking up my daughter from the skating rink because um, I was really tired once I got home, but I did sleep pretty deeply. But what I think happens is, is people want the specifics to be, this is what I do. I try to keep to my high numbers as much as possible, but you know, being that my volume hasn't been great because I've been sick, you know, I've had to eat a little bit or be a little bit more aggressive as it relates to down for my calories. And so I'm hoping in the next four weeks, I can start to up that volume a little bit. So, you know, I can add in a few more things that will keep muscle hydrated, keep energy. You know, if you're just constantly starving as you're trying to work out, you're going to make some bad decisions. I mean, eventually, you know, willpower has hit, you know, has its, you know, limits. And as you start to encounter different things, you're obviously going to, you know, react to those. And majority of the time, you can probably, you know, do it. I mean, one of the things I had this week was. I struggled with sleep, so I realized maybe I was being a little bit too aggressive with calories. So, you know, I ended up uh, kind of upping my intake for the following day and specifically upping my carbohydrates going into the evening. So next four weeks, starting to feel better. The, the CrossFit Open was kind of a weird time to do this. I will admit, if you've not been around CrossFit, you know, you're pretty much everything is geared towards that Thursday and, and our workouts end up being on Friday. So in some ways, that all being done is going to make all of this a little bit easier. And so I can really focus on um, more body weight type movements, trying to keep volume up <coughs> and just walking from there. So after that four week period will basically bring me to May. Qualifier for the Grand Games is in June. Not gonna be a big thing for me because I am going to be doing team scale no matter what. So I'm not gonna put a lot of emphasis on that. The last year, what I tried to do was bring more wads into the equation. I don't think that's what I'm going to do this year. 
if you're not familiar with e form or you haven't been around for the last year or so, I did train for a competition that was ultimately snowed out. And what I found was if I could have a little bit more body weight movements, a little bit less CrossFit, really focus more on overall strength, keep kind of some weight lifting. You know, I'm never going to be super good at, you know, Olympic lifting. It's just not something I'm going to put as a huge priority. But, you know, being somewhat proficient at it is obviously something that I want. And so you're better off doing that slow rather than doing it in a VOD. And so when you talk about kind of getting your breath for a wad, the things that I tend to use during the summer are hill sprints and then I have an airdyne and I'll do airdyne sprints in my house. Uh, I also have a rower now. Uh, that's a recent addition to my home gym. Actually, my wife and I are looking at renovating our house and I think we've decided that we're going to make our basement just into a gym scenario it's also where I'm doing this podcast right now and so we're gonna maybe soundproof this room and try to upgrade kind of the podcast experience going forward but I will crossfit but I won't crossfit you know four to five days a week you know, still, it'll probably go up to about twice a week. I will do some wads that that don't really fit really well for me. As an example, you know, I have tight hamstrings, short hips. So, uh, you know, toes to bar, as an example, that little sandwich clam thing that people do. You know, I can do a couple reps like that. But, at, you know, as it gets to 20, 25 reps, you know, I really have to kind of do more of that swingy thing that ends up being a little tweaky on my back. And so uh, from that perspective, I just do knees to chest during wads. So I, I try to make accommodations. The other thing as I am crossfitting and also kind of reversing out, what I'll do for the first few weeks is I will go to the women's weight. If you're not familiar with CrossFit, the women's weight, there's typically an RX weight, which is prescribed. And then there is the women's weight, which is typically 0.66. And so when you're coming out of a performance-focused fat loss phase, essentially you should have been uncomfortable. It's, your workouts probably weren't 100% a lot of the time. So what you want to do, and, and I would say that this probably fits also when you're in performance-focused fat loss, you'd be better off getting, if you're not going to feel 100% for two months straight, you should adjust your work volume you know, at, by a percentage and going down to the women's weight for men if you're a female, you just basically multiply your weight by 0.66 and it would be a similar type thing. So what I'll try to do is I'll come out of performance-focused fat loss. I'll start crossfitting a little bit more for the first three to four weeks, you know, going into June. 
I will, um, you'll really try to get my breath back and focus on that. I'll probably do that, you know, with CrossFit, and then I'll probably add in um, some aerodyne sprints, some hill sprints twice a week. You know, hill sprints. Basically, all I do is I run up and then I walk down. And um, right now, my calories are roughly two thousand and twenty-two hundred. I have gotten a little bit more aggressive. Like I said, on Wednesday, I got a little aggressive, kind of messed with my sleep. I'll be moving from 2,200 to probably somewhere in the neighborhood of about 3,500. Um, normally, when we talk about reversing people out, let me take a sip of coffee real quick. We have them go anywhere from 50 to 100, depending on their level of patience. The other factor, though, is the amount of work that you're doing and how you can adjust to that work. So going from, I would say, the peak, basically we're looking at, what, September right mid-September for the Granite Games so my calories will be around 3,500 which is basically just gonna mean I'm gonna eat Chipotle a lot um, E. coli be damned um, and really focus more on preparing for the strength side of things while kind of separating that from some of like the hill sprint stuff or the airdyne sprint stuff. And what I will do in those scenarios is, you know, something like hill sprints is not a lot of volume. It's great for your heart. But what I'll do in that scenario, I think hill sprints, as an example, translates much better to the CrossFit than a wad would. You know, especially if you're talking about competing for CrossFit. Oh, the other thing too, I do have a, I do have a, um, the Festivus Games, um, April. So that's going to suck. Um, I'm not going to be good at that. Uh, but it, it's just a way to kind of stay active. My wife wanted to do it. It's our first CrossFit competition. So I wanted to support her, but you know, doing PFFL, um, you know, I'm not expecting great things. We're actually in talks with the Festivus Games about working out something, which I'm kind of excited about. I really like that event. It's it's geared more towards, um, you know, just regular, you know, non-beast mode athletes, which I really appreciate. So, basically, I'm coming out of performance, focus fat loss. It's in May. Probably calories jump up from... 2200 to roughly 2500 through May. Uh, then we'll move closer to 3000. The whole time I'll be really sort of pushing the top end and seeing what I can get away with. I think I'll probably be cycling a little bit more on some of my longer days. And we'll see, you know, how how things play out. I'm likely going to stick to four days working out with one day of strength and I'll probably put that strength 
on my hill sprint or air nine day. So on that day, I won't have any kind of low intensity work as general rule. I just want to be 100%. On the other day where I'm doing kind of aerodyne work, I might do a ruck, might longer hike, you know, jog, something like that, just to get in a little bit more volume. I'm probably not going to be doing any two-a-day kind of stuff. I did try to do that last year. It was somewhat successful. I wouldn't say it was great. I felt pretty good actually going into the Granite Games. Probably 80%. Would like to get a lot closer to 100% this year. A lot of those things kind of depend on factors that are really out of your control, right? You know, I mean, do you get sick? You know, are there, you know, family emergencies that come up? You know, we'll be traveling um, with my family during the summer. So what training facilities will I have access to um, in Europe? So those types of things all matter a great deal. But, you know, like I said, most of these things I'm doing really are just kind of a way to have a little bit of fun. You know, I think that's the that's one of the things that, that people sort of forget about competing at powerlifting or, you know, doing some you know event like the festivus games or or the crossfit games is that it really is something that kind of allows you to have like that specific focus and like i said you know it's the summer you're upping your level of training and you're eating 3500 calories so you can fit in ice cream you know more than you normally would right or you can fit in you know more flexible way of eating without really seeing the scale go up. The other thing that you know I am going to be conscious of is you know my weight. I probably wasn't, you know, going from last year to 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 right before my performance focused fat loss, I knew that you know I wanted to put on somewhere in the neighborhood of about 10 pounds so I could build some lean mass. And I think I've talked about it at nauseum, but basically I was able to put on about six pounds and then add about four pounds of fat. So now obviously I'm dealing with the fat part. I'm not going to be as focused on that going into next year. I don't really, you know, being 180 pounds feels about right for me. And I feel like I, you know, even if it's going to be more gradual as it relates to kind of building that lean mass, I mean, there is a, there is an element of, of weight as it relates to body composition. And, you know, going into the summer, obviously I like to be fairly lean and, uh, you know, going into future summers, I'd like to be fairly lean. So I'm probably going to be focused a little bit more on staying under 180 rather than, you know, going to 185 like I did last year. Um, from there, really, that's about it. You know, the, uh, you know, and I, I think you could, you could really look at the way that I'm sort of trying to adjust volume up with... You know, if if I start off with hill sprints as an example, and it's actually a pretty big hill near my house, you know, I might start off at at six, and even though I'm not doing two days, 
I'll start off at six and then walk down. And I'm expecting that in the beginning, it would be kind of hard, right? As my body starts to adjust to it. And by the end, you know, I, I probably want to roughly double that volume. So, you know, I want to get up to about 12. The whole time, you know, like I said, I will be focusing on my, my deadlift. Um, it's been a couple weeks that I've been off of my deadlift. I'm going to be getting back to my progressive training. Um, my number that I'm working off of right now is 520. figure I probably need to uh, be at about 550 to pull 500 in a meet. We'll see how that goes. Um, not overly worried about sticking to that while you know in performance focused fat loss. So we'll see how it plays out. You know once I start to put the weight on the bar, I think right now, you know, uh, most of my rep schemes are 10, 8s, and 5s. So I think, you know, the 10s is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 375, which <laughs> is going to get pretty heavy for for me once I'm closer to 175. And so we'll see how that plays out. Um, as I start to get into the 5s, I think the 5s are, are something like 415 for 5. You know, you typically want... You know some food in that equation luckily by the time I get to the five I'll be reversing out so I could probably do that on a day that's going to be um, a day that I would have more food normally anyway so we'll we'll see how that plays out if 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 I have to pull back you know I will but I'd like to get that I'm probably more focused on seeing that progressively go up than I am really being good at the granite games, right? You know, I'm mostly just going to have fun and be and meet all the eat performers and, and compete with them and have a good time. So from there, I think we can just kind of end this. We haven't really had a whole lot of questions, but the creatine one was pretty good. I think that, you know, People will often focus a lot on the bloating of creatine, and if you've never listened to our Lane Norton podcast, you can you can Google that. But you know, Lane, like Lane said, if if your creatine doesn't bloat you a little bit, your creatine doesn't work. And you know, I, I I'm a f big believer in that. And uh, you know, even in a deficit cycle, you want to have a certain amount of hydration. So your workouts just don't completely tank. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of people who are low carb, you know, they'll so often see that. So I appreciate everybody being here. Hopefully it's beautiful where you guys are. It certainly is beautiful here. And uh, we'll see you guys in the groups. Talk to you later.